Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Pym, and I am an erotic writer as well as the producer of the live stage show called Bedpost. Here at the Bedpost Podcast, I invite past guests and performers from the stage show to indulge me in a more in-depth, sex-positive conversation. Uh, this week, we have actor, improviser, uh, Bad Dog Academy director, Jess Bryson. Welcome! Woot! Woot! Yes. We decided to throw on the mic because we were having an interesting pre-recording conversation. Oh, yeah. Uh, Matt was in the room, my partner Matt, and he was talking about... Uh, vasectomies. Yeah, we're talking about vasectomies. Yeah. Uh, Jeff Clark did a really super funny story for Bedpost last show about him getting a vasectomy, and Matt has been working up to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, well, and we were talking about how it's interesting. Yes. Because uh, he's like, of course it's scary. He's like, of course it's scary. Yes. Because you're, it's, an, it's a surgery, and it's your body. Yeah, and you're and, voluntarily going in for this yeah, surgery and, on your genitals. Yeah, and <laughs> it's, a, it's a choice you're actively making because he doesn't want to have children, which is absolutely his choice. Yep. And your choice as his partner, and that's wonderful. Yep. But that uh, women are faced with that con- that all the time. Like, yes. we're constantly uh, faced with the idea of what we have to actively do to our bodies in order to make the choice to have or have not have children. Yeah, it is always linked with yeah. sex for women. Yeah. And it's, it's and it's always there's so few things that are uh, not invasive like obviously yes. condoms which is the choice that we're all obviously like I most, guess avoiding the thing that nobody really uh, wants to do uh, it sucks but yeah. everyone like, hates condoms but everyone should use them all the time totally hundred uh, percent especially I guess in the future when I have future I think sons and daughters who knows yeah when your sons and, and they, daughters and they, listen to this podcast yeah in. 2034 after the robot wars and they're like mom are you saying don't use condoms and I'm like no no I, you're I hearing me right now everyone use condoms young Ekbert and Elsa Aww. my my German children oh Ekbert and <laughs> um, Elsa but but uh, hypothetically children uh, future children for those who are like how do yeah, how do I avoid that it means the women like IUDs. It's it's a it's a, essentially a surgery. I mean, it's not a, a surgery. It's a procedure. Together, it's a procedure. It's an uncomfortable procedure, and it's not easy. It's one that you have to, like you have to hypothetically get um, you know ultrasounds for, and you have to go to this special place to get. Yeah, and we're like, talking about internal ultrasounds. How especially <sighs> uncomfortable they are, and embarrassing. Who knows? Like you don't. It's, know a, it's not like, a nice experience. No, like nobody wants that. Nobody's like this is a fun fun day. I get to have a stranger. Metal with my hoo ha, yeah, meddling, <laughs> meddling with it. <laughs> Nobody wants that. It's awful and it's uncomfortable. And, and you know, we're talking about hormones and stuff like that. And you yeah, know. I have a, I have a woman um, coming to talk on the show about all the non-hormonal methods of contraception. She's coming yeah. in oh. the January show, which is going to be great. That's exciting uh, because what's happening right now is people are trying to get off hormonal. Birth control, which is like the birth control pill, the hormonal IUD, and the patch. Yeah, no one, no one uses the patch. No one uses Let's be that for real. Either. That was like super what? cool, two thousand six. <laughs> no new. one, no one cares anymore. But I feel like a lot of the methods of birth control, nobody uses. Like, who uses the sponge? Who no, uses nobody. a female condom? Elaine Bennis in that one episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, about the sponge. that may be other than women that grew up in the 70s when that was new. But also... Nobody knows about it in our as part of it, it is that it's it doesn't work that well. You know what I mean? It's like, why are we not all using spermicide? Because it doesn't work that well. It's yeah. Not, it, but, it's not that great. It could be the piece of something. Yeah, spermicide works in conjunction with, with other, things other things to make them more effective. But no one's just like... This is enough. No, because <laughs> it's, it's not. not. That's how babies are made. Yeah. But then also, um, I think, like, uh, you know, you're as you get older, too, like, because I know for me when I was, like, like 18 to, mm-hmm. let's say, like, 25, mm-hmm. which is women are in a different hormonal stage at that age, the pill was fine for me. Yeah. It was great for me. I you know, it worked. Well. It didn't bother me. I had no swings. I turned 28. And it game changed? Game change. My body is not the same. I think my body, I think, and we're similar ages. Yep. We're in the zone. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? We're in the mid the mid young range. I'm gonna call it the mid young range. I like that. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, because you know we're not middle aged; we're mid young range. Yeah, but we're not twenty anymore. Nope. And uh, you know, it's like kind of like uh, when our bodies—it's our bodies like fast, like last hormonal. What am I trying to say? It's our bodies last hormonal uh, ramp up to having children. Yes, hypothetically, yes. right? Yeah. That between kind of twenty eight to let's say thirty eight. Yeah. Uh, that ten year gap is our bodies like, hey, last chance. Do you want them? Now's a chance. Boom. And I, my body doesn't respond the same to hormones as it used to. I go crazy now. It's awful. It was awful. So are you off of the birth control oh, I'm pill? Off. You're I'm off, baby. I'm off the pill. I've been, I'm, that's made me think because we were looking into IUDs. Yes. And then I was going to get a copper one because it is the non-hormonal one. Though I heard the side effects are... Horrific. Yeah. Like it periods, super, super, super heavy periods. Very painful. Painful, cranky, heavy, heavy periods. And also, it's less effective than the pill. It's actually really? not... Do you know, like, the percentage? I think, because uh, I went I went to a... I highly recommend Hassle-Free Clinic. That's going to be my clinic for everyone who's like, how do I deal with this stuff and deal with... Everyone wants to deal with a uh, sexual health nurse over the age of 45. She's yes. seen it all, yeah. and everything you've done means nothing to her, and she's just, like, going to tell you how it is. She's got sure. no agenda. She's yeah. not nervous. No sex-negative agenda. No, and she's just like... That's your body. I've seen it, yep. sweetie. Like you know what I mean. She's yeah. smoking while she's looking. At you. you know what I mean. Like that's not. They're all great. They're not none of them smoke. But I don't want to say that and then burn them on the way down. No, they're wonderful. <laughs> yeah. And I, I talked to a woman there, and she was like, "Look, have you gone back?" And she was the one. She was like, "Go back on the pill first because I hadn't been on anything before mm-hmm. this because like it's more effective." Um, and she's so sorry. What did she say? Go back on the pill because at the at that time, this is now a solid year ago. Sure. And it, from that time and now, I realize I don't want to be back on the pill because it causes me problems. Uh, and then it was like the hormonal IUD is then the best option after that because it's a localized hormones. And localized hormones don't affect you in the same way as oral hormones okay. do. What, what were the side effects you were having then from the birth control pill? From the pill? Yeah. Why ma- did you go Making off me it? crazy. So Emotionally? Emotionally. I've yeah. never been a PMS person. I've never had a problem with my period at all. Super regular. Just super lucky that way. Yeah. Well, what happened is... And you know, there's like anyone, anyone who's ever been told knows this. There's mm-hmm. like about four days from when the package stops yep. to when your period actually starts. Yes, and you're still on the 28 day, 21 day, whatever. It's still in line. It's just like, oh, the pills are on. My period hasn't actually stopped. It'll be super light. Maybe it'll be three days, but it'll still be in that seven day window. Yeah, sure. I would have a drop in, like, a crazy depression. That was mm. complete, or, or rage, or, like, it was, like, PMS extreme. I think mm. it's called PPMS. There's, a, there's like, another I've version of it. Yeah. And um, I'd be with my sweet, handsome, lovely boyfriend who treats me like a, a princess, a queen, yeah. a darling, a, a rosebud, and I would have a a, just a sweet rosebud. Just that a needs little to tiny be, rosebud. Yeah, that just needs <laughs> to be loved. Um, and I, I would just draw like, and I, cause I'm pretty aware when I'm hormonal, I'm like, oh, I am upset because I'm hormonal and it would be like immediate, like nothing has triggered it. Nothing is going on. I am just now. Yeah. Goosh, right. Yep. So then if you're also just like, maybe as most of us are sometimes depressed for a month oh, or, for sure. or feeling anxious oh, yeah. or exhausted because of work, it was just heightening stuff in such an extreme way that I was like, I can't, I can't do, do this those. to myself. Like it's. I can't help So you knew it was the pill. I knew because it it was consistently. So I tried it. I think I was on it for about six months. And in that six month period, the exact same thing would happen. Yeah. It was. This is when you went back on it? Yeah. When I went back on it when I was, I was 28. Yeah. And it would be like the pill package is done. So I'm waiting for my period to start. And you're just going nuts. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm crying for no reason. I'm depressed, like crazy depressed or I'm very angry. Like I'm like, no, this is like Mm -hmm. based in nothing. And like I'm, and it was just like I think I think my body just can't be on it anymore. Be on it anymore. And you know what? I was on it for like ten years or six I, years or something. Same, like that. I'd like, probably say fifteen years for wow. me. And apparently, it's healthy up to a certain point. Apparently, yeah. it's good for girls like regulating your hormones at a certain age. Like that's, but like that over, was why I went on it originally. I think the Nuvo ring. There's good money in that thing, right? That Nuvo ring. I remember that. I was on that briefly. It was like sixty yeah. bucks a month. Oh, it was geez. very expensive. They're making that. That was a good racket. <laughs> the new the ring. ring racket. Was that a horm- that's a hormone release. It was yeah. So it was like because the different plastic do, ring. Kind yeah, of. it was like a localized hormone. Right. So, so same you put as up inside the, of you. Same as a hormonal IUD. Yes, and, and I know that they're 
And so I'm curious about the hormonal IUD, if that would do the same thing, because it's not the same. It's the difference between having a hormone emit from your uterus and just be affecting your uterus Mm -hmm. versus orally taking a pill and having that be inside of you. I don't know. Yeah, see, that's why I'm very interested to have this woman talk. Actually, it's not any woman. It's Kim Sedgwick. She's uh, one half of the Red Tent Sisters, Kim Sedgwick and Amy Sedgwick. Uh, have a an amazing online resource right now for women's sexual health cool. uh, and also sex toys it goes in the whole gamut of sex as well um, they've got literature and like erotica all types of stuff uh, they used to have a storefront on the Danforth but not oh. anymore so okay so we were so why we're talking about all these things is because we were saying kind of this whole choice to do the vasectomy it's very similar only, like, for women, it might be spread out over time of a constant worry. Yeah. Um, it's not like a surgery unless you actually go and get, you know, the, well, the I mean, uh, hysterectomy. But it's a constant worry that, like, I would almost choose, if I could go was a man, you know, yeah. I, I would choose to do the vasectomy over this constant, constant worrying about birth control throughout my entire adult life. Well, and you think, okay, we've been talking for what? Five minutes, and in five minutes, we've looped around the idea that we don't know this. We're educated women, and we, we don't, don't even know how half this shit works. We don't know how half of it works, and half of it causes problems you don't know until. And a lot of it, and a and a good doctor will tell you you need to try something. Yeah. like you just don't know until you try it, which yeah. is exhausting. Any anybody who's been on any kind of medication of any kind, yeah. knows that the process of trying out medications and is finding the right one awful. is yeah. Um, and obviously, I'm not trying to say a vasectomy is the same as taking a pill. It's obviously not. No, it's and an still I- evasive, yeah. taking medication. And an IUD is not the same. No, but it's, it's also a procedure. A procedure. An uncomfortable um, procedure. Not at all the same, but, you know, it's, yeah. it gives, we're saying it gives men maybe a glimpse of what it's like yeah. to have that worry about it's a it's it's a, a scary thing. And it should be scary. It should yeah. be scary for men. It should be scary for anybody. It's like, oh, I'm I'm doing something to my body and yeah. and it's reversible. He could reverse it if he yes. wants it. Yeah. Um but it's like, oh, I don't know, and this is scary and it's I, I, anyway. Yeah, it's a similar experience. The to what women Yeah, not combat, the same, but, you know, every month or every freaking yeah. day, you know. And also all of a sudden when it's like, Oh, it's kind of on you, right? Yeah. Like that's that's also very scary as yeah. well. Right? Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, boys. Boys, bodies, babies, the bees. <laughs> you the said babies. You said though that you're you're a little baby oh, little baby crazy. Baby. Yeah, oh, I do. Just recently you're feeling that way? You know what? It came with twenty eight as well. Oh yeah? Yeah. I found this the hormonal switch like it amped up. It came to I mean I I fell in you love was, too. That like and I always wanted to have babies. You always wanted to have yeah. kids. You always always wanted to have kids. I think that I think it's funny, you just think when your when your mom's like, it'll never you know like it'll happen it'll all change you think you know yeah. everything you're 23 you don't know anything you're like shut up mom <laughs> you don't know what it's like to be 23 you've always been 55 uh, and then you know then you then you get a little bit older and you're like oh okay well maybe oh, she I get was it right um, yeah and you know I fell in love and I'm with someone lovely treats me like a rosebud. Uh, a little pretty rosebud. It sounds like he treats me like a delicate, precious flower. No, you're no. not. I I'm not. Like <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I could be. I could be if I tried. But no, I'm. I'm you more like play. the dirt that it grows in. Still necessary and beautiful in some way. Yeah, it's kind of lovely uh, still. But uh, you and Callum, can I say yeah. his name? I'll yeah, edit it you out. Can if, say if yeah, you say you can, no, can you beep it. I'll bleep it. <laughs> uh, you two just had your year anniversary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's great. One more year, and then it's One over. One more year. No, You're two uh, maximum. Yeah, I'm kind of girl. Kind of a girl. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, if I can, if I can get romantic. Mm-hmm. He, I, we started dating, and I think we both had the like, "Oh, you're you're my it," um, realization, really? which happens. It happens. That's real. I thought uh, like your grandparents are full of shit. Sure. And you know, and then you're like, "Oh, you, sometimes you just know. You know, like you feel it, right?" Yeah. Matt and I are just so perfectly suited. I don't want to say perfect. That's a shitty. That's a dumb word. It doesn't like, exist. But we're so well suited to each other, and we yeah. just work so well together and balance each other out so well, and yeah. just our interests kind of align. Like, he, he's a comedian. I love laughing and find him so funny. Yeah. Like, you know, just, it all works. It it's, all just works. Yeah, you know, it's not about being twins or wanting the exact same things all the not time. At all. Not at all. 
but it's like, yeah, it's a balance. I think it's a, there's an energy balance, too, that you find with certain people. And oh, yeah. I think how you see the world and how you, yeah. Like, like you guys know you don't want to have kids. Like, that's a great example. Of yeah. Sometimes I've got these friends, and they've been in these relationships for seven years, and they're my, so I'm turning 30 this year. Go, you. You are? Uh, I am. Yeah? 2016. Ooh, baby. 86 to 2016. Flirty 30s. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, flirty. 30s. You're going to get flirty. <laughs> yeah, I've been holding. <laughs> Suddenly. I've been holding back. Um, <laughs> been waiting for the big year. Um, but uh, it's funny, I have these friends who have been in these relationships forever, and now they're kind of hitting this same the same spot. The wall. And it's like, oh, you ha- I, this blows my mind. Oh, you haven't discussed if you want to have kids. <laughs> After seven years, yeah, how I old are you guys? That. Well, well, and I guess that's the thing is like for some people, and it's like they're like, well, I don't want to scare them. I'm like, yeah, but you after a couple of years, for seven years, and I get it. When you're 23, you bring it up. You've got all that young dumb stuff of he'll leave me if I'm too uh, yeah. needy or love or need him to call. Oh, yeah. Blah blah blah. Garbage. You garbage, just garbage. want to be. You just want to be loved. Yeah, you don't want to do anything to and, upset that. Yeah, and you're you know women are only taught to. To find partners, not to think about the kind of partners they have, right? <laughs> well, you know what I mean? Like, we're, not, we're just not taught that. And then we get older and realize that we should reconsider that lesson. Um, and then it's like, yeah, if you don't, like, you want to have kids and he doesn't, that's, like, really important. because that's an means important thing. Once you get on to being together for years and approaching 30, like, that's the thing that you should probably bring up. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, not that it's all over or done, but, like, you know, for a woman there is... A limited time yeah you know and it just gets harder as you get older and you never know you could be my grandma had my aunt surprise third child at oh. 42 oh wow yeah you know yeah. and there is an 11 year that age gap between my mom and her oh wow and uh she thought she was going through menopause and she was <laughs> and pregnant. pregnant so i mean oh, like that can happen that happens sure. do you know what i mean um but also then you can have people who Turns out they were infertile when they were seventeen. Yeah, and you don't know. And you don't know if we you don't, don't get try tested. If you and, don't get tested. Yeah, exactly. And if you're with a partner who's not that there's a singular test a woman can have to see if she's. It's actually a long process. It's a horrible long process to find that out. is completely unfair and awful. That that's a thing that anyone has to go through. Yeah, but and the truth is, is we spend our entire twenties trying not to get pregnant, talking yes. about birth control. Yes, and then all of a sudden you might hit a point where you're like, oh, I now I want to be pregnant, you and you can't. just don't know. So you better have that conversation with your partner. Early, because it could take years. Yeah. It could take years. And I understand if you're, like, not ready. And I'm not saying 23-year-olds should have that conversation because they probably shouldn't or they wouldn't even understand it if they did. I'm like, don't need to shit on 23-year-olds. I'm thinking of my own self at 23. Sure. Would I have understood? Oh, I can identify with you. Yeah. And there's lots of 23-year-olds that I'm sure are totally fine and mature, but... So did, I for sure wasn't. No, me neither. Yeah. So did you, have you and Callum had the talk that you do? Oh, then? yeah. Yeah, like, tons. Here, here's the difference between 23-year-old Jess and dating. And 29-year-old Jess, yeah. Here's the difference. Okay. We were like maybe date two, and I was like, and he's a little bit younger <laughs> than me. And I, I've been around a lot of what I'm going to call uh, uh, men who are like, 30 going on 17. I love yes. them all. We're all good friends, but they're all like, how far can I push off this stuff? Which I understand because yeah. they also get to, but I don't get to because that's because I'm unfortunately a woman yeah. who has a uterus that's slowly dying the moment it's born. Yeah. Something to think about, just a way to think, so, way to reframe your uterus. It's just dying. It's always dying. You know what I mean? That was an awful way to put it. Uh, <laughs> it's just... That's, but that's what it is. It's, it's, it's a taking time bomb to know, to Baron. Sure. And, uh, sure, sure. Yeah, that's the way to put it, Jess. Um, yeah, we were, like, on our second date, and I was like, I want to have kids. I want to have kids in the next four years. I'm not waiting. Like, like, and I was like, if you want to wait till you're 36, because yeah, he's four years, or well, three and a half years younger than me. And I was like, if you want to wait to be 36 before you start a family, that is totally normal, healthy, and great. But I would be turning 40, and I'm not waiting And that's that long. too old for me. And that's too old for me. So I said, so what so, did he say to that? Oh, okay. <laughs> That's my impression of him. He's Australian. Give right? me more of the impression. Uh, <laughs> He's a Muppet, basically. I don't know. Apparently, that's not what he sounds like. That's what he sounds like to me. Uh, loving Muppet from, uh, from Australia. So he's, oh, yeah, okay, is what he said? Yeah, it, like, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky. He wants to have kids in the next five years, as, as I do. Uh, and he right. really wants to have kids, which is great. Period. Yeah, period, right? And... Right. and yeah, you know what I mean. So yeah, yeah Matt and I, um, yeah, we had the talk maybe yeah two years in. Really thought about it because I don't think 
we had any time limit we were working with because both right. of us were already thinking, no, we didn't want to have kids. Yeah. So it didn't come up that quickly. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't the second date talk for well, either of us. I'm like, yeah, I, well, I'm, there's something about starting dating at 29. Like, my mom got married to my dad at 29. My, yeah, the, my mom was up there too. Maybe 28 was my mom. He didn't know. I think she had my brother when she was 29. She had me when she was 30. I know that. I think she was 30. So she had my brother a year and a half earlier. So my yeah. mom was 28. So, I mean, yeah. which is like, would be totally a same reasonable time frame nowadays. It's not like that's so young. Back I think then, though, it was on the old it side. Was, it was a little like, I have a career. I'm a, yeah, she's a career I'm woman. a woman, yeah, <laughs> of the, you know, second 60s? wave feminist. Yeah. yeah, like 60s, 60s, 70s, you know, yeah. the movement. Yeah, and, and I think, uh, you know, like now thinking about it, I'm like 29, I'm like, oh yeah, like, that's... It makes it makes more sense now for me to have asked that question of someone I'm starting to date now than because like because yeah. also this sounds awful because it's maybe like, like we shouldn't think of life this way but I didn't want to waste time with someone who I didn't want the same things as. Well, I think that's a lot of why a lot of couples maybe part ways around this age because they're realizing that you know like yeah. they've already spent you know they've given how long to that partner and you know if it's not getting to where they want it to be in five years you know you can if you can tell already yeah like, well you know what I want to spend time with people that I you know love and care about and and also share a similar life well with. and I think that's the thing I think people like a lot of people have love for their partner, I think, but then they don't want the same thing, and then they, it's very sad. It's difficult. And very heartbreaking when you're with someone, or and then you don't want the same thing, so you know that you won't be happy unless you part ways. Yeah. But then also, still love them. Like, that's me. awful. That's, like, an awful circumstance to find yourself in, and I did have not you? want to find myself in that circumstance. Oh, have you ever, do you feel like? Uh, no. I think... Mm, there's people I've, I've certainly dated people I didn't want the same things as, but I think I was young enough that that wasn't really the reason why we broke up. It's probably because someone was an asshole. He was annoying. <laughs> uh, yeah, or we just, you know, or it was a kind of love that, like, I could claim, oh, this is love in some sense, but if I were to really... Analyze go, it. Analyze it, I'd be like, I think... This would be... This has a limited... Yes. It was a type <laughs> of love for a time. Yes. Uh, yes. But not a love for forever, and the moment I realized that, it was... Time to move on. So at the Bedpost show, you your bit that you did mm-hmm. was like a laundry list summation of yeah. past boyfriends, basically, or past partners. Lovers. Yeah. Lovers. Yeah. Past yeah. paramours. Paramours. <laughs> <laughs> Trice. Uh, Trice. How? how? Paramours and Trice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I, that was such an interesting thing for me because I was like, I'm going to do this bit. Yeah. Yucky, yucky, yucky. And I'm going to make fun of some of them, and maybe some of them will be in the room. And, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's interesting? It was actually kind of had... It made me quite sad. It did? Yeah, the process, because any time I think... Uh, it was a way of framing my history. Okay. Right? Because everyone has their own personal history, and I don't think we do a lot of framing our own history. So I was framing my history in kind of... Uh, lovers, you know, yeah, yeah, men that I'd been with, and um, and it was like a ten-year journey essentially from yeah, yeah. to the first to the latest, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was interesting because, and, and well, I think nostalgia is always inherently a little bit sad. It's always a factor, right? So yeah. anytime you look back, I think it's going to end up being a bit of a sad yeah. task. And then, and there was people too that I was like, oh, like I don't want to say regret, but there was people that I was like, oh, that wasn't the best experience. Yeah, you know what I mean. And I was like, oh, remembering that not the best experience doesn't it feel great. Doesn't feel great. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I got to write a paragraph on it. Oh, yeah, man. or make a joke at my own expense or their expense or or the people that like in some ways the people that are forgettable that like I like I couldn't remember one guy and I was like, like his name. I could remember. I was like, I know there are some, like, I couldn't remember anything about it, but it wasn't like a drama, like, it wasn't like a drama, I was just like, I was like, I'm looking back at being 23, I'm just going to harp on me at 23, I don't know, it didn't all happen when I was 23, it feels like it did. 10, twice. Yeah. In the year of 2003. I don't know, the aughts of some kind, post-millennial for sure. Yeah. The millennium happened. <laughs> I yeah I don't know it, yeah it was like a weird like 
and some and there's some things like looking back I was like oh I wish I this is comedy me I was like oh, I should have written more jokes yeah, I should have written more you told jokes I was like man I should have made this funnier because I think I was doing it and I think maybe I was like in my own head I was like oh that'll be funny and that'll be funny and then also doing something in your head and writing it out <laughs> and then doing it from an audience totally different yeah and being like I had a lot of like oh. Like, that reaction, I was like, no, that was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke at my own expense. What a shitty experience I had. And then I was like, oh, yeah, I guess that was kind of sad. Kind of sad. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, not that I, I think everyone has their own personal tragedies, especially with love and blah, 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 and trying to have love. Yeah. You know, and I think sometimes when you look back on them, you're like, oh, yeah, like, you know. <laughs> I put up with stuff I shouldn't have put up with. For way and, too long. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, there's, I, you know, people are young and dumb and say things that they don't mean. And, and you know, I think now being, uh, what was it, young middling? That's what I called it. Being young middling, I'm <laughs> realizing, too, like, I think everybody, not everyone's a piece of garbage. No. Um, so not every, like, garbage guy that you dated is actually still it's a, a piece, of garbage. piece of garbage. No. There are for sure some. I'm yes. going to give that title to at least one guy I was with. He's a, for sure still now. With 100% certainty. He is 30 and for sure still a piece of garbage. Like, I guarantee you, I haven't talked to him in like seven years. I guarantee you, he's still garbage. <laughs> but the vast majority of men that I think have come in in my life, you know, you're young and you're dumb. And I think sometimes we don't know how to balance our egos. And we're like, and I would say most of the time, and I see some... Some people go through this, men and women, um, where they're like, are you really sad about that person not wanting to be with you? Or did your ego get hurt in the journey of being told, I don't want to be with you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. did you really want to be with them? Like, do you feel like your heart's broken? Or are you hurt that you didn't get to say it first? Like, are, is your ego damaged? Yeah. So upon reflection of some things that really bothered me at the time, I'm like, yeah, no. Did I realistically want to be with them? I don't think so. Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I, and I think too, people do stuff that they don't—they don't really want to hurt you. They also are dumb and don't yeah, are don't young and know. dumb and don't know about life yet. And, yeah, yeah, you know, and, and and people get hurt. And sometimes of mistakes. And, and there's also a lot of experiences where there is no good uh, answer. There's no there is no, no right answer. Right answer yeah. where someone's not going to get hurt in the end. Yeah. So, like, especially when you're telling someone, "I don't want to be with you anymore." Like, I left a really lovely, very sweet, nice guy. We used to live together. He was my last serious boyfriend before Count. Yeah. Um, and I know I hurt. I, like, I didn't do anything to hurt him. I didn't try to hurt him. I just didn't want to be with him anymore. And that in itself is hurtful. It, yeah, but, right? But, like, there know, was no cheating. There was no lying. Funny. There was no... None of that. There was no, no, one, no big fights. No one was saying stuff that they didn't mean or they couldn't take back. It's just like, oh, like, someone saying... You know, we were on this journey to being, you know, when the moment, I think the moment you start living with someone, there's a very serious aspect to that relationship. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, you say, no, I don't want to, you know, yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to do this with you. What's the good, like, what's the good way to do that? Yeah. <laughs> what's the best right? way to like, do that? What's Who the, knows? the good way of saying, I don't love you the way that you love me mm-hmm. and I don't want to be with, like, that's, 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 yeah. Anyway. Anyway, so. on that shitty note, we're going <laughs> to Life sucks. Everyone gets hurt. No, we're gonna uh, we're gonna take a very quick break, and we'll be back with Jess Bryson. Well, folks, I'm recording this on a Friday, which means that two exciting things are happening for me. Number one is that I get to release an all new episode of the Bed Post podcast. But secondly, today is the day that I head down to the Social Capital Theatre to check out Friday Sketch Live, the comedy show in which a totally hilarious cast write an entirely new sketch show every single week. It starts at 10 o'clock every Friday, but I have to tell you that's not the only show happening at the Social Capital, and it's not even the only show happening at the Social Capital tonight. No matter what day of the week you're listening to this podcast, there is a live show being staged this evening. Find out which one you're going to go see at SoCap.ca or Facebook.com slash TheSoCap. All right, we're back with Jess Bryson. And we would like to switch the conversation a little bit, talk about sex. Yeah, 
because we were talking about the byproducts of sex, which are babies and misery. <laughs> babies and misery. It's all related. And love. It's oh, and lo- oh, and nice love. Oh, and love. You and Callum are a little private, from what I understand. Is that? Yeah. You know, yeah. I was thinking about this, and I was like, yeah, I was raised in a not a conservative family. Mm-hmm. In a private family. And so I feel... So did you not have... Did you talk about sex in your family at ever? Yeah, like I got the abortion talk. Oh, wow. When I was 11. Oh. So it's not like... And like my mom was like super hip, like feminist. Like she was like, you should see your vagina. You should know what it looks like. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I like it wasn't conservative. Like I wasn't given a conservative sex talk. It was just like your relationships are your own. Like, they're your private relationship, and you need to negotiate and navigate what you share and don't share. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So have you always kind of abided by that? Yeah, and it's interesting. The only times that I haven't were when the relationships were kaputs, and I was, like, out. (laughs) You're already checked out. But also, this also sucks. (laughs) Like... Like, yeah, I'm already, like, I'm done, so I'm, like, tanking the whole ship. <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, no, I, it's just, like, uh, yeah, which I think is really important because I think sometimes people think that being, um, like, respecting the privacy or the boundaries of your relationship and everybody has their own. Yeah. Um, and you need to set that up with your partner, whatever that, like, because they, they have to agree. Like, if one of you is private and one of you is not, the person who's not needs to get on board with being private because it's not fair yeah. to that person. Yeah. It doesn't have to be one thing. There's like, it's like a million versions of what that could look like. there's a spectrum, yeah. Yeah, and I think that um, it's not about being conservative or being anti-sex. It's about deciding what your, where your lines are. Yeah, it's not about being sex negative. It has nothing to do with that. Yeah. No, like I I did you are very sex positive. I'm super sex positive. I also, I'm so not afraid to talk about it. I just, how about this? I'm going to talk about sex like crazy, but not in reference to my relationship. Great. Whoa. Great. Somewhere he is so happy. Like somewhere, <laughs> somewhere, Callum just applauded. Yeah, he just had, like he doesn't know why he feels good, but a smile <laughs> just crossed over his face. He's over. He's relaxed. Like he doesn't know why he's relaxed. But he's like, <sighs> he just breathed easy. He's just like, okay, cool. okay, great. So let's talk about you. Uh, let's talk about masturbating. Um, oh, everybody does it. Everybody does it. Everybody does it all the time. Jess Bryson does it. Of course. Aaron Pym does it. Of course. How do you masturbate the same way every time? How do you masturbate? That's such a hard question. Is it? What do you mean? The same way every time? Oh, man, because I'm like... Like keeping it... I do the same thing every time. I guess so. Yeah. Like, I mean, I guess. God, I've never thought about it. Do you use your hand? Do you use... Yeah. Yeah? Use your hand? Now that I think about it, yeah, it's super simple. I'm keeping it simple. simple? It's simple? Yeah. There's nothing... Do you own any toys? I do. I have, like, a 10-year-old dildo. That you don't use, it sounds like. No. It's a <laughs> I have it. it you have to be. rinse it off before you use it. I would have so to dusty. if I did. Yeah, I would want to. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you you know what's use... funny? I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna, this is the one funny thing about I have about masturbating. Great. Uh, is that there have been times um, in my life where... I don't need to be watching or thinking about something sexual in order to masturbate. I don't know if everyone has that. Like I don't wow. like I don't have to be in porn mode for that to be a thing. Wow. So there's a couple books that are very for sure not <laughs> sexual <laughs> that I now have weird sexual like connections to. Yeah. Or they are because I was feelings be, or in just you? like a memory of like <laughs> okay and uh, like can you give me an yeah, example? Very specific. It just is ringing in my head. Is a farewell to arms by Ernest Hemingway, <laughs> which, which is a book about what? Uh, it's about uh, a guy in World War One, an ambulance driver who has horrible experiences. He does <laughs> oh fall in love. It is a love story, but it's like a very tragic love story. It's like I wouldn't call it like overtly <laughs> sexual in any way. So what about it? I I guess I just like jerked off once while reading it. And you just have associated. I just have like a weird years ago. This is like I was in university. This is like, you know, post millennial sometime. Um, and I have a very strange, like I'm just like, well, yeah, you can. That's what I. I don't know. It's a great. It's a great book. It's a great book. It's a classic, and it has nothing to do with sex. It's That's a it's so like a funny. it's a tragic love story. Cuz a lot of people, yeah, for me like I need yeah, I need like even with partnered sex, I need the dirty talk. I need like my maybe yeah. that's me being a Gemini. I don't know if you're into zodiac. I'm girl. a Cancer. You're a Cancer. <laughs> <laughs> We're so close and so far. Right, girl. Oh. I need like my mind aroused. I'm like right. Gemini is like all about communication and stuff as right. well and like it's... I'm hard on the outside, soft on the inside. Yeah, you are. <laughs> like a crab. And I um, I 
have um, youthful, excitable energy. I'm, I'm like a little elf, basically. I think we're homebodies. Yeah? And sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. That makes, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm those things. So, so anyway, I need, like, I need a visual image or an actual image I'm looking at or, like, dirty yeah. talk. I really need to be thinking, like, the scenario. Right. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have that. You don't I have mean, that. I put this, and it's not that those things don't work. Sure. Yeah, it's not like they're, actually, this is, oh, man, I'm now having, like, a flood of weird <laughs> memories. memories. So when I was in university, mm-hmm. um, I was very poor. I've been very, like, I've, there's been very few times when I couldn't say I was very poor in that circumstance, but I was in university, mm-hmm. and I was doing psych uh, department experiments for money, <laughs> <laughs> and I did one, and it was only for women, and it was a, a sexual experiment. Oh, really? Oh, my God. I've written stories about this, like, this is, fictitious stories. Of this. Whatever your story is so much sexier than its reality. <laughs> what was it? So... <laughs> So you go and you fill out this weird form. Essentially, they make you fill out a form to make sure you're not nuts already. Yes. Or just, like, depressed and they don't want to make it worse. And they need a constant for this experiment. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, there's science reasons. They need uh, healthy people, though. Yeah. They have this probe that they <laughs> put in your vagina. Really? Yeah. Really? That measures, like, heat. Dilation. And, like, dilation and, like... Anything like a witness, like anything that would. This that... is exactly like my story. Okay, great. Well, this is a tr- this is my true story. Oh my god! It's probably twenty three. It all happened when I was yeah. who, who knows? It all happened. Millennials and like it. It was all about measuring female arousal. Arousal. <laughs> and here's the thing: like, it's the least sexy environment, environment right? You're in this weird room. With a TV, yeah. and it's just there's nothing sexy about it at all, right? Uh-huh. And uh, and they make you fill out like how aroused are you right now, like with nothing. This is our control, uh-huh. and it's like nothing, nothing, nothing. Like there's nothing sexy, but this very uncomfortable. Like you're you're giving me fifty dollars <laughs> to to my like there's nothing and... good about this. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and, uh, it's funny. I'm pretty sure later I told my mom, and she was like, "I'll give you fifty dollars to not do that <laughs> ever again." <laughs> and I. Uh, <laughs> I'm doing it, and then, and here's the thing, and because it was, like, you know, it's, like, UBC psychology, like, master's students, and they're all, like, super sex positive, and da-da-da. Yeah. And the whole point of the experiment is to try and figure out if women are physically aroused when, when, and compared to what mentally is going on. Yeah. Right. So, they're not interested in showing normal porn, which I think, as, and I say normal in the sense of Pornhub-style porn, like, okay. a porn industry porn. Because it's shitty to women and it's whatever. Yeah. But then again, you and I would have grown up with that, right? Yes, yeah, So yeah. when I see that kind of porn, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know what that is. That's porn, yeah. right? Yeah. And I think part of any part of me that finds that enjoyable is because I know it's not real. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. a part of it that is show that I'm like, like, I can watch a war movie and be like, this is great. And I could be disturbed on the level, but I'm like, oh, I can watch this as it's a movie. It's also a movie. But if it's, but if I think it's, but if it's a documentary, I can all of a sudden, it's like, oh, no, this is oh, disturbing. I've, this is real, right? Yes, right? And that's how I feel about porn. Yeah. And so the porn they were showing was like real couples volunteering to have sex for this. <laughs> Particularly for this. And it was just, like, them talking about their sex lives and having really intimate... Oh, my God. And it was awful. That. Like, it was the last thing in the world I wanted to watch. I was like, this is awful. Like, I don't know what to say. Like, I hate watching this. Why? Because it was so uncomfortable. I don't want to watch real... I don't want to watch you and Matt have sex. Right. I don't want to watch that. Right. It's private. Right. It's your own. Like, it goes it's, back to the privacy thing. I get... Yeah, I guess so. But it's also just, like, you know, not that we're not, like... Like, there's, like, there's people I, like, I'm fascinated. I want to know about their sex life. Like, it must be weird. I don't know. I don't know what's going on down there. And so it's not like I'm not interested, but I would rather, I want to hear about it. I don't want to, I don't want to watch it. Like, there's also, like, a point where your voyeurism has crossed the line, and you're like, ah, too far. And it was like, like, I was like, oh, this is too much. And it, because also, too, like, when something's overtly sexual, like, in kind of traditional porn, it is, its whole thing is how do I actively, like, and also we're all fucked up from watching that porn. Oh, yeah. So it's totally affected all of our ideas of what real sex is, which also we undo in our 30s. I've also, young <laughs> middling, yeah, unmi- your young middling is all about, like, how do I undo the weird sex ideas I have from watching porn. Yeah, and actually figure 17. out what I enjoy. And yeah, what because it enjoys. is yeah. none of that, those no, things. Those, no. None of that is real. Yes. So anyway, so I'm watching this awful porn. My brain is like, this is awful, this is awkward. This is awful, this is awkward. Everything about this is awful and awkward. Because also, too, like, you don't have your pants on, but you got, like, one of those, like... like a thing Yeah, but, like, you know, like, the dental 
sheets the like paper. yeah the paper so like what is sexy about that you know what Nothing. i mean like my, put me in stirrups and give me a pap smear like here we go <laughs> like it was awful and but then i got the results back and physically you were i was <gasps> so this is the longest longest one this conversation mm-hmm. about <laughs> this experience this experience but the point is is that it, it the whole point was it was proving that women and men are sexually aroused in the exact same way yeah. And the difference is because it's all physical reactions that if women had penises, we would get boners all the time like guys do. So we assume men are more sexual and sexually like thought processed. Mm-hmm. And because we put women in this like tiny little cute box of they don't like sex. They don't want to have sex. They don't want to have sex. Um, and because we don't have any physical displays of it. Yeah. And because we're also mentally like told not to. Even when we're mentally not thinking about sex, we have the exact same physical arousal reactions. I wonder what their pool was for that experiment. Like hundred people. How many people really get I, to do it? I have it's it somewhere. It was like yeah, yeah. Oh my god! And it proved this point, which is women are ex- are as sexual as men. Yeah. Anyway, that was like the longest winded thing, but I did that. I got fifty bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I also almost did pap smears for money with a medical thing, and my mom <gasps> also gave me money not to do it. She actually did give me <laughs> yes. money. Oh my god! She was like, "I will give you a hundred dollars to not do that." Not do that, I was like, please. Cool. Thanks, mom. <laughs> I'll take your hundred dollars, and I won't do that past year. <laughs> win win for, for Jess. Great. Oh my god. So, okay. So when you do masturbate, then so you're just using your hand. You're not watching anything. Not you don't. You don't I need could. to I at could. all. I don't need to. Yeah, you don't need to at all. Okay. When you are with a partner, mm-hmm. you how easily do you get off with a partner? And is that the same way every oh, time? Oh, that depends on the partner. Depends on the partner. As trust it, is a massive thing. As it thing. usually does. Yeah. Yeah. Trust is a massive thing. Um, so wait, okay, actually go back a bit. When you're right. masturbating, so is it all external stimulation? No. No, it's not? Not necessarily, no. Nope. Both? Oh, I got a queen G-spot. Really? My That's G-spot. what I was curious about. My G-spot's queen. Yeah? She loves me. <laughs> you love her. I love her. It's perfect. Love her. Yeah. Monarchy. Yeah, it's, it is the best monarchy <laughs> in the world. That exists. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. So with a partner, okay, so yeah. trust is a big thing you said. Yeah, but that I think that's As true. It I think, is. and I, I think it also kind of harks back to this. Like, I don't know for you, but I know for me, I had like so many weird. Even with Akuma, um, <laughs> society tells women their vaginas are gross and weird, and we're yeah. told when we're teens we shouldn't be masturbating because that's gross and awful and weird. Yeah. Guys are like, need your cuff. It's like I don't masturbate. No, yeah. even though we all girls know. don't talk about it. Girls no, and it's embarrassing, and it's da da da. Even and as you said, like you should. Your mom was like, you should look at your vagina and know what it looks like. Even for the way women are oriented physically, we can't even see. She, and my mom had to be like, get, get a, mirror. a mirror. Yeah, yeah. she was like, you, get in front of the mirror. Yeah, which I super appreciate now because, yeah. like, it, yeah. And but you know, I didn't have my first clitoral orgasm until yeah. I was twenty-one. You know what? I was late as well. Yeah. Um, just having any orgasm, really, yeah. especially with a partner. I was very late with a partner. Yeah, um, it's tough just to figure out. Yeah, I, and I'm the, not saying it's not tough for guys, but I think it's more obvious for guys. And I think oh, because yeah. they're because it's right in front of them, and you know, most guys are very get off in very similar yeah. ways. It's Whereas, pretty because women are internal and external. So much is in yeah. yeah. So much is inside, and yeah. And you just don't know. And it shifts. Because when I could do it myself, then I did it myself for a long time, but I could never do it with a partner because I hadn't figured that out, how to get them to do the same thing to me or for me to do that same thing that I do by myself with them there trying to help. Like, it was... was... And also, too, then part of it in, like, growing up thing, too, is, like, when you're young and you've figured it out, it's like, how do you... We're told to fake it, right? Like, that's, like, this weird piece where it's like... Yeah, you're worried... Yeah. And then it's this hard... Not even just literally faking the orgasm, but putting on a show, a sexy show, and not being able to let that kind of curtain down to actually get to that point where you're actually not thinking about what you're looking like and what... And the the other person's arousal. Like, when you're actually concentrating on your own arousal, that didn't happen to me until... Yeah, I was quite old... Yeah, Until I actually was concentrated on my own arousal. Yeah. Enough to orgasm with a partner. Yeah. And, and like, also acknowledging, too, like, you know, maybe this type of orgasm might not happen on a one-night stand. In fact, it probably won't happen on a one-night stand. I was going to ask you that, too. How easily, like... Not easily. For me, when I'm with a partner, it takes months to figure it out. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say... Like, a, a one-night stand, I would never... If I just slept with, like, 
mostly one night stands or I slept yeah. with guys, you know, a few a handful of times, I bet I would never come. I think for me it's it's a mix. I don't know if it's it's not it's not that hard, but like especially it's not that easy either. Like yeah. I think and a lot of it is comfortability. Is comfortability. Because a lot of it is like cuz like, you know, talking about kind of young dumb young people, part of it is that like when guys are and I get it, young and insecure enough to be insecure when someone tells them what they want. Yes. I think getting older is being with guys who are like, no, I'm listening. You tell me what you want. Yeah. Please tell me. Please tell me. I want I want <laughs> to be a good partner. Yeah. Um, and I we're want socialized. you to feel good. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, and we're socialized to always to never actually say anything or critique or and always to defer to what the guy's doing. And, yeah. And, yeah. So even to get that point of communication, to communicate, this is what I want. First, knowing what you want, and then secondly, being able to communicate it to yeah. your partner. So. And I think probably only really kind boyfriends. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. partners where you're like, because, you know, we all had, like, some pieces of garbage. Sure. I have my, my awful ex-boyfriend. Oh, my God. We all have one, right? Oh, yeah. Ladies. <laughs> right, ladies. Uh, 23. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The age of... I was 23. <laughs> and, and he would get mad at me if I didn't orgasm. No wonder I fixed oh. it all the time because I'd be in trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's still garbage. He's the one that I'm. He's, like, he's for sure still, still garbage. garbage. I knew it was him. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. He's still garbage somewhere, treating someone like crap. Um, yeah, right. You know, and but and you have those experiences, and so then you kind of yeah. I don't know, but anyway, I feel but like now it's different. I find, and I know, and I know there are totally women who can orgasm a lot easier than I, have I can. A friend who like if you were to like. Whisper, whisper to her vagina, she'd be like she'd come. gushing everywhere. Especially doing this podcast, like most women are like, oh yeah, multiple, multiple, multiple orgasms. Like I gave myself three orgasms once and I was like, whoa, like to myself alone in a room. See, I'm a little bit more once you pop, you can't stop. Really? See, there you go. That's great though. But it depends on, but it, it depends on everything. Like, you know what I've realized as you get older and you're like in a relationship, especially if you're with the same person for a while. There's so many different shades of sex. Like, it's not the same thing over and over again. It's totally different. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. And so, like, there's times when it's like, it's not going to happen, and that's okay. And there's times oh, yeah. when it's like, it's happening 45 so times. times, I'm going crazy. How many times for real? I think 11. 11, yeah. See, that in my life has never... I think he was counting. I, it was a good day for him, I think. <laughs> He's notching them in the bed. Yeah, like, yes. <laughs> I am the best. Each one. But... <laughs> um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, I know there's women on all... all all along the spectrum where, you know, some women have never had an orgasm or very with much difficulty... Yeah, it's tough. Have them, and there yeah. are women that, yeah, just... Because you also, also have multiple. to be comfortable with the weird things of your own body. For sure, yeah. You know, and and I think that's also, like, talk about overcoming a societal shame and not talking about something and thinking that your vagina is inherently wrong and weird, even though it's for sure not. Just like every guy who thinks his dick is small, you're yeah. fine. I'm, yeah. I'm going to officially announce to every Everyone's man fine. in the world, you're fine. Yeah. Go to a nude beach... And you will see, like, a truly small penis, and you'll be like, cool, I'm fine. Uh, also, he's fine. Like, someone loves him. It's fine. Everyone's fine. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. it's all good. Like, I don't know. It's like when people think that they're they're too ugly or fat or this or tall or skinny or weird to be in love. No one's going to want to be with me. It's like, no. For sure. For sure there's per- people, there are people for you. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. 110%. Everybody, yeah. there's someone into you. Whatever you got going on someone's into it yeah if you type any any insecurity into the google search engine and put the the word porn after it for sure (laughs) there are so many people that that is their specific fetish they want you you know you're they want you big time yeah they want you big time and also i mean like not to be too flowery but like uh you know when someone loves you it changes everything that goes a long way Uh, yeah you uh, dan savage i'm a huge fan he says you round up you Mm. you know nobody is perfect nobody even is perfect for each other but you round up you know with love you round up and you grow with people you know what i mean like if you were gonna base the sex you're gonna have with someone and be like that's what they're like on a one night stand that's so unfair oh yeah that's so unfair i hope i'm never judged on that that's so unfair right because like different compatibility but time changes everything too oh with yeah people, you know oh yeah 
Totally. Anyway. And on that note, Jess, we should wrap her up. All right. What else do you want to know? Really quick. Oh, let's do it. A, 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 yeah, quick rapid fire question. Oh, yeah, rapid fire. Okay. And I, okay. No uh, what's your favorite toy to use? I know you don't use toys, but. Uh, 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 I have like a purple dildo. A purple dildo. What, what way do you come the absolute fastest with a partner? Uh, they're inside. I'm touching the outside. What is your favorite position to have sex in? Honestly, keep uh, missionary slash like a cool doggy. A cool doggy. <laughs> <laughs> what position do you get off on the easiest with a partner? Uh, like them. Uh, like uh, how do I explain it? Me on my back, them on their side. Oh. Yeah. Penetration? Yeah. Oh. Um, what is your favorite type of sex that is not penetration sex with partners? Kissing. Kissing <laughs> sex. <laughs> Mouth sex. I'm, I'm not about to be like, I take a blowjob. <laughs> I, I have TMJ. My jaw hurts. I don't know. <laughs> not that I wouldn't do it. Not that I'm not happy to, but. What is the type of sex you wish you had more of? That really special, like, passionate making love that you know only happens once in a while. Like, let's be for real. Most of it's like, uh, I love you. Let's have sex. I love you, baby. Let's do it. That's, like, most of it. But, like, that, like, oh, no, I like. Like, bursting in the door. When people are, like. Stumbling down the hallway. Like, 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 you're it. You're my, you're my one. That's, I think that's so special. When people are, like, I make love. Like, no, you're just calling doing it making love. (laughs) Like, that doesn't make it making love. Making love. Like, true making love is really special. When is the last time you had sex like that? Two days ago. Oh, check it out. <laughs> that's a good note. It's our anniversary. It's our anniversary. Oh, we love each other. Oh, well, yes. that's a great note to end on. Yeah. Just tell our listeners where we can see you. I coming up. perform regularly with the Bad Dog Theater Company. Yep. Um, www.baddogtheater.com. Yep. Follow me on Twitter at Jess underscore Bryson. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so I'm Aaron Pam again. This has been Jess Bryson. To find out more about the, uh, I was going to say the Jess Bryson show. <laughs> Every day is the Jeff Bryson show over here. <laughs> to find out more about the Bedpost show, go to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash bedposterotica. My personal blog with over 100 short stories is at erinserotica.com. And last but not least, the Bedpost podcast features music by Steph Copeland, which you can find everything about her at her website, stephcopeland.com. Bye.